Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, with my main man, Grayson Boone. And baseball season is officially over. The hopes of getting out of the regional dashed by the camels. We couldn't get over the hump. We're going to talk about that and a very peculiar, strange thing that we're hearing out of the portal on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack Nation. We have got to get into uh, the official end of the 2022-2023 baseball season for NC State. And and what just was a game that saw NC State unravel, but also saw them have very in-character errors that we had seen all year. Grayson, what are your thoughts after seeing uh, NC State get eliminated in the regional um, on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a bittersweet end to you know a very up and down roller coaster type baseball season. Um, it, you know, the weekend kind of encapsulated much of the season that we had a little bit of positive that we were hoping we could build off of, uh, but then ultimately in the end, kind of the same things that have plagued us all year uh, ended up being the reasons that we went down uh, in the fire. But you know, Friday we you and I predicted that we were going to take down the camels on Friday. We did get that done. We took down their ACE and you know, a lot of Wolfpack nation felt very positive about this. I was seeing a lot of excitement. I was seeing a lot of people saying, you know, this is the type of game that this team will need and they build off of this. And all of a sudden you find them in Omaha, but unfortunately the rest of the weekend just did not shake out that way. Um, you know, the positives, I thought the bullpen, which is kind of peculiar because the bullpen has been one of our rough spots for much of the season, but I was super, super impressed with guys like Justin Lawson, uh, Andrew Schaffner, John Moralia, Jacob Halford. You know, I thought they put in some of their best efforts they have all year. Um, you know, unfortunately for those last three guys I just mentioned, Schaffner, Moralia, and Halford, it was, uh, you know, you can't score by throwing pitches. So the offense just kind of left us hanging. I thought our pitching battled all weekend long, but, you know, I think we just kind of ran out of gas, which is something we we're potentially worried about. You know, our our best hitters were our best hitters. You have your Geno Groover, your Cannon Peebles, your Cozart. Candelaria had a great first game. It just the rest of the lineup just wasn't able to piece together enough to make some noise uh, overall on the weekend. So it is a bittersweet end, um, you know, kind of a, a sore spot. I'm not so sure. Not so sure. I'm surprised um, at the outcome. You know, I I think South Carolina probably was the best team in that regional, and so they're coming out victorious with their own regional. Uh, you know, to be expected. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of spots that NC State could have taken advantage of, both against South Carolina and in Campbell uh, the second time we played them on Sunday. But you know, all in all, I think there are just too many. Too many faulty aspects to our game this year in 2023 that ultimately led to our demise. You know, this team reminds me of a, a quote that a coach told me while I was uh, while I was on a visit that I'll never forget. 
Potential is a coach killer. And I know that people hear that and think, what? Potential is a coach killer? That doesn't make sense. Because when it stays potential, when it doesn't become actualized results, that's a coach killer. And that's what we saw a lot with Elliott Aben and company this year. All year, we talked about how we've got the guys, we've got the bats, we've got the pitching. They just can't seem to put it together. There's so much here. We just can't seem to put it together. We just can't seem to get together. We had a good enough season to make the tournament. So I'm not saying this season was a complete wash. It was a horrible season. And, and you know, everybody heads need to roll all over. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that this was one of those situations where the potential all year, all year we kept saying, they're going to turn the corner. They're going to turn the corner. They're going to turn the corner. I felt like I was watching Devin Carter play again with all due respect to the young man. I hope he does great things up there in Happy Valley. But you get the point. Every year I was saying, this is his year. He's going to break out this year. This is his year. Book it now, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Book it now. I felt the same way about this team. Every time I felt like, all right, this team can do something special. They've now flipped the switch. They're going to stop with all of the the base running errors. They're going to stop with all the fielding errors. They're going to stop with all the plays that, you know, you would expect out of a little league team. It just didn't materialize. You know, you, you make a great point there because I think you even saw the potential in these particular games from this weekend. You know, for example, in the South Carolina game and, you know, for much of the the second Campbell game, there were several scenarios where we would get two base runners on with less than two outs and just never really found a way to make it hurt. We just, I mean, I saw a lot of people literally keeping tally for how many double plays we were repeatedly hitting into the potential, like you said, Kenton, we were getting the potential there and we just were not able to execute time and time and time again. And ultimately, I mean, when you give these teams like a South Carolina and a Campbell opportunities to beat you, they are going to beat you. They are that good. And so that ultimately is how it played out. Sad to see another season go. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of questions in terms of roster turnover here. Um, you know, just last year we had to deal with losing a guy like Tommy White. A lot of Wolfpack fans are kind of gripping their seat like, oh, oh boy, who's it going to be this year? We don't know. Mm-hmm. So there's there's still a lot of uncertainty. I know, you know, we're still seeing people call for Avent's head. I think that is out of line here. I think you are almost guaranteed to see him for at least one more season. Um, I mean, I, I think I would bet on that. As far as the other coaching staff situations, I don't know. Obviously, too soon to tell. The season just ended. But, you know, it. The, yeah, I it, it did feel like we left a little bit on the table. We did have a lot of talent. I just feel like it never really got to the peak of where we could have been. But, again, you know, looking at silver lining here, I think there's a lot of positives to take from this year, a lot of promising potential to, you know, usher into 2024. I know we have another good recruiting class coming into the fold. We're going to finish our stadium renovations and that will in turn help with recruiting and development, the whole nine yards. There's a lot of good on the way for NC state, despite how these last two seasons have felt pretty disappointing, of course, after our 2021 run to Omaha. But I I think we're, there's more sunshine than clouds for this NC state baseball team in in the next couple of years moving forward. And and you know what? For those who blame Elliot, I I'm fit. That's fair, right? I believe that there was a, a pinch hitter bought in 
uh, for one of our better hitters that immediately ground into a double play. Which there were like, some there were some head scratching decisions. I'll 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 give you that. And and that's that's one of the moments where you kind of say, all right, cool. That's I'll give that David. All right. Every time I saw GIDP appear in that box score, that did not. He didn't call in the pinch hitter every time. Now, yeah, that's just not the reality. That's every time we saw an error, it was not a guy who uh, Elliot David trotted out there last minute. That's just not the reality. That's not the reality. And I understand the idea that anything you see on any type of field or court, either the head coach or the uh, manager, whatever the title is of the the man, woman, person making decisions, is they're either coaching it or they're allowing it. Sure. Sure, I understand that that model and all that, but at some point in time, the players just have to execute. If the coaches yeah. put you in this, I was always taught that the coaches coach you through the first three steps. Everything you do after that, it's about you being an athlete. It's about you being an athlete. So some of the things that we saw, at the end of the day, the coaches coached you through the first three steps. If you can't look the ball into a glove, you know, I'm sorry. Maybe they, you're not supposed to be there. Maybe you're not the guy for that role. I think another point of contention was that we never ended up seeing any of Dom Fritton during the weekend. Now, that's a little bit of some gray area because I'm not so sure we ever really had a situation where he could have made an appearance, possibly in that South Carolina game um, when it was still somewhat close. But again, playing from behind, there's really only so much Dom Fritton can do to help you. Again, he can't score on the mound. And I thought the guys we did bring in out of the bullpen, like Schaffner, Morale, and Halford, they did excellent. They did they did all we could possibly ask of them. But, you know, I, it did hurt to not get arguably our best pitcher in there at some points. Right. Um, you know, whether that would have been to start him in one of the games, I don't know. It just didn't play out that way. But I, it just another thing, it kind of felt like we left a little on the table. Yeah, and, and again, they're questionable decisions, and I'm not – I'll tell you this much. I am at the same point with Avon that I was with Keats last year. I'm not mad at the people saying he needs to go. I'm also not mad at the people saying, hey, we need to give him time. Give him. I'm not mad at either group. I'm not going to sit here and bang on the table and say anybody calling for Elliot Avon's job should be ashamed of himself. But I will say this. Him getting to 1,000 wins next year will be good overall for the program. Whether he stays beyond next year or not, it's just a great thing to see for the program. And it's even if you don't, if you're a person who everything is the coach's fault one way or the other, then letting him get to a thousand is a good thing. And I'll explain why after the break. But before I do, I've got to tell you all about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. Folks, that is $2,500 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Not the number just keeps getting higher and higher here. I don't, on us. I, I don't know how you don't want to get in on this free stuff, but I, I do. Time, baby. I do. I, that's hey, that's me. That's me. They up in the score during the playoffs. There is no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Trust me, you got to get on FanDuel because they have great promotions every day, a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet of up to two thousand five hundred dollars that's fanduel.com slash locked on um fanduel the official sports betting partner of the nba
So I'm 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 saying, and I was saying before we went to break that letting Elliot Avid get to a thousand is a big deal in terms of getting the next coach in here. Because which school do you think, if if we were to say, hey, there are two alternate timelines, which school do you think is more attractive to a coach, right? More attractive to a coach that's going to be a hot name on the market. Everybody's saying, oh, yeah, this is one of the best pitching coaches in the nation. Or, oh, yeah, this coach, you know, everything that he touches turns to go. Okay, sure. Which coach do you think is more attractive? Or which job do you think is more attractive? The team that said, you know what? We care about this guy so much that we're going to give him a year that's kind of like his his uh, farewell tour, his victory lap. You know, we'll we'll give him that and let him go on about his way and get put out the pasture after getting the milestone accomplishment. Or the team that says, uh, to heck with you and your accomplishment. To hell with it. I don't care about none of it. I want you gone now, despite an NCAA tournament appearance the year before. I want you gone. Which school do you think sounds like a better choice for a coach? And this is this is maybe a little bit of a reach, but think of a program like Florida State here. Of course, they had Mike Martin, who had a long tenure of excellence, much like an Elliott Avent. Of course, Mike Martin has a couple ACC titles to put on his resume, but Mike Martin never won in Omaha, never, never got the ultimate prize, despite of how long he was there in Florida State. And this is maybe where the reach comes in. They hired Mike Martin's son, Mike Martin Jr., and he had one bad season and then poof, canned. His own, they, they canned royalty to the Florida State program, canned them just like that. Now, the reach here is they ended up hiring Link Jarrett, who is a fantastic hire, and Florida State is going to be really good again. But I just, I think the, the level of, um, angst amongst our fan base is that the they want to be so quick to replace mediocrity and you know in my opinion Elliot Avent has been above mediocrity for nearly his entire career here we mentioned the last episode he's been here for 27 years he's made the tournament in 20 of them that is extremely hard to do and if you're looking around for maybe some cheap consolation for how the regional weekend go went I'll give you a list of teams here who finished exactly as far as NC State went. ECU, very talented team, same exit at NC State. UNC, same exit. Vanderbilt was a host, they lost. Miami, host, lost. Clemson, your ACC champions, lost. Okay? Oklahoma State, lost. Auburn, lost. Arkansas, the Homahogs are staying home hogs this year. They lost. Advancing to the Supers and Omaha in college baseball is so incredibly hard. It really is. And I'm not making excuses for Avent here. He has been here a really long time. And there has been some teams that probably should have made it farther than they did. I, I understand this. But, you know, at the end of the day here, you got to understand, Elliot Avent is one of the most accomplished coaches in NC State school history. Amongst all sports of all time, one of the best to ever do it. Next year, you know, because he will be here, and I'll, I'll stamp my foot on that, he will be here, he's going to hit 1,000 wins in an NC State uniform. Like I mentioned last episode, you'll never see that again. You will never see that at NC State, maybe even at another school 
again that's how hollow that ground is and yeah. so yeah i i understand the the impatience i understand especially after our run in 2021 you feel like you're losing ground if you don't repeat this but you know as i was mentioning with the the ballpark upgrades the facility upgrades we got help on the way this the pitching lab that we're going to be putting in that is going to attract high level arms that we have not really had a whole lot of recently. You know, we, we griped about the bullpen and in some points the starting pitching this year, things like that is going to get the higher level recruits here on campus. We have a couple big names that hopefully make it to campus next year that are both pitchers. And, you know, that's going to be something to watch, but we, we have a lot of talent on the way and whether it's Avent here whether it's Coach Hart, who is presumed to take over once Avent hangs him up, or whoever else we go out and hire, there is more continued success on the way. These these renovations and this this continued excellence, that is how we're going to reach that next level of continued success that you see in programs like an Arkansas or a Miami or a Clemson who's kind of risen back to national prominence. NC State can get there, and I think they will get there. You just got to be a little more patient. And that's a tough ask, I know. But you just got to be a little more patient because I think it's on the way. Again, I I wouldn't be mad if if after this year they're like, hey, listen, we're not going, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't end up as messy as a Mike Bray or a Jim Beheim situation, yeah. I'm not mad if they tell Avent, hey, man, yeah. listen, you've, you've done well. You've got, you know, after next year, I presume he's going to have 1,200 wins under his belt. I want to say right now he's got 1,187. So, yeah, after next year, he's going to have 1,200 wins under his belt and all that good that, stuff. That's a Hall of Fame resume. Oh, for sure. For sure. With that being said, I'm not mad if they say, hey, yeah. it's time, buddy. It's time. But with that being said, take this year. Take take next year and say, hey, it is what it is. We're going to let him get to that 1,000 in the NC State uniform. And and in even beyond that, this season, yes, you know, you would have wanted to get further. Um, but I'll tell you this. How many, if you really think about this and you're really honest with yourself here, yes, it is extremely, uh, let's just be honest, it's downright terrible. I hate that I'm a part of this tradition or lack thereof. It is terrible the reality that we haven't gotten a championship in basketball, football, baseball, in terms of conference or national um, in 30 some odd years or something along those lines. It's terrible. It's terrible. I I never even thought about how long that it went um, because that was my fixation. When I got, when I touched down on this campus, I told coach Doran and company, I said, listen, I don't have a class ring from Cass tech and I won't have one from here. If I don't win a ring here as a senior, if I don't win a ring when I was supposed to graduate, my time here was for not in my eyes. And I meant that, and I stand by it. Yes, I got a degree. Yes, a degree from NC State is extremely valuable. It's it's an unfortunate reality. But I don't want that to go into saying we don't care about winning, we love mediocre, all that good stuff, because I promise you, you all truly don't understand how bad guys want to win, how bad oh, absolutely. 
these men want to get this thing done uh, for you all more so than anybody else. I it, it's it's just the reality. It's just the reality. And, and so, go ahead. Oh no no go go ahead. Go. I was gonna say I'll I'll put it to you like this as well. You know, women's basketball has big time been carrying some weight for NC State in terms of winning championships and national prominence. They've done an excellent job, and I expect more of this from Westmore in the future. But if you're looking at men's basketball, football, and baseball here, which I guess are considered the big three, quote-unquote, I guarantee you of those three, baseball right now is the closest to winning a national championship out of those three. I would put anything on it. Baseball is the closest of those three to winning a national championship. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I, listen, listen, I and I only say this because number one, baseball season just ended. So they're not exactly well, yeah, not this season. Well, no, no, but and not only that, I mean, even going into next season, basketball is looking very good. Like they're looking, and, and we know how basketball works. All you need is to get hot and have good guard play down the stretch. And last time I checked, our guards are like old as dirt. These guys have played a lot of college basketball. I mean, hey, so. I'll I'll take a March Madness win I'm, any day of the week. I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm just, I, <laughs> I think that our baseball team is in good position going forward. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I, I don't think that they're the bad. But if I had to go one of the three, I, I'd probably lean towards basketball. In the close one, but I'd lean towards basketball on that one. But we got some basketball news for you coming up. So stick around for that after this quick word. Oh, man. Speaking of basketball, Memphis decommit 6-3 guard Ryan Forrest, a man who attacks the rim relentlessly and allegedly plays some, some ferocious defense, as you see here. Some ferocious defense is not uh, going to be going to, to the University of Memphis and instead has decommitted, reopened his commitment, and he's heard he's talked to NC State and UT Arlington. Now, Grayson, maybe it's just me, but but I want to get my Brian Windhorse on a little bit. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, we have on the screen right now the wind the the meme of Brian Windhorse with his fingers pointed outward and upward, saying, "Why would the Jazz be making this trade? Why would the Jazz be doing this right now?" To which everybody made a meme and said, oh, wind, wind horses, you know, he made a career following around LeBron and he's going nuts now. But Wendy was right. He was right. He The Jazz did end up blowing it up immediately after. Well, Grayson, I want to ask you, Wolfpack Nation, I want to ask you all, what's going on here? Why has Mr. Forrest heard from NC State if our scholarship count is currently set up? What's going on, Grayson? Talk to me. Is I, uh, this a whole lot of nothing, or is this a whole lot of something? I saw this come across on Twitter today. Uh, mm. I had to do a double take and then maybe even a triple take to make sure I read the schools properly on the bottom here. I don't want to make something out of nothing, if that is what it is. Um, I don't want to dig too far deep with an investigator's hat on here. This confused me. This confused me. A lot. 
Uh, you know, I, I dug a little bit deeper on Forrest to kind of get a, a feel for his background. Um, he is an incoming freshman, so he has not yet played college ball. He was committed to Memphis. His other uh, D1 offers were Illinois, Chicago, Missouri State, North Carolina A&T, and Oral Roberts, in addition to Memphis, before decommitting to Memphis. And now he has heard from NC State and UT Arlington. To which I say again in my best Brian Windhorst. Now, why is that? What? Is this, my, you know, my my antennas kind of went up immediately. And I'm like, does this mean we're going to see some more roster moves here? Does this mean somebody's not making it to campus? Does this mean we have a late transfer? I don't know. But I, it's it's confusing. And I I, I find it hard to imagine that something like this wouldn't happen unless there is something going on behind the scenes here. Again, I'm not trying to sound the alarms. I'm just confused as to why I'm seeing NC State linked to another guard, as you mentioned, Kenton, when we currently have not one single scholarship left to offer. Interesting times in Wolfpack land, in Rollywood, as they say. Very suspenseful things going on in that basketball facility. We're watching. We're watching. And we're going to report it to you as soon as we find out. But uh, we're on Ryan Forrest's watch to see if there's any any more roster moves to be made this offseason. Thank you all so very much for coming out. Every single time, Wolfpack Nation, y'all make this show what it is. Make sure to smash that subscribe and like button and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to lock in with Lock on Wolfpack. Y'all make this show what it is. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack.